Hey, if you're an actor at the start of your career, or if you're an actor who hasn't started at all, no judgment. But I do want you to know that it has never been a better time to get started with Backstage. Just go to backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code word envelope at checkout for a 30-day free trial. That's 30 whole days you can browse through thousands of casting notices from thousands of filmmakers, producers, casting directors, all looking for talent just like you. Make a profile, upload a headshot, find out what kind of projects you want to be a part of. Backstage is where you book that very first role. It's also where you book that second role, and then that third role, and then you keep booking roles all the way up until you win that Oscar. And then you can come join me here on In the Envelope. We love a full circle moment here at Backstage. But first, you gotta subscribe. And again, that's 30 days free if you use the code word envelope at checkout. E-N-V-E-L-O-P-E, envelope, 30 days free. Get those roles. And I'll see you back here when I interview you when you win an Oscar. And not wait. Welcome to In the Envelope, a podcast from Backstage, the one-stop shop for actors and creators both above and below the line. I am your host, Vinny Mancuso, Backstage Senior Editor and Professional Entertainment Obsessive. I'll be your guide through every corner of the creative industry with the help of some of your favorite stars. Here you'll find intimate, in-depth talks with today's most award-worthy names in film, television, and theater. Along the way, we'll get advice on living your best creative life, relatable stories of the highest highs and lowest lows, and maybe, just maybe, a rare peak in the envelope. So I had, I did have one session with a dialect coach and that kind of changed everything for me. And the biggest takeaway was he said that Americans say no, like they're saying no to a dog. They say no. Whereas Australians, they sing a song. It's like, no. <laughs> I think just that energy of no <laughs> formed, it formed a lot. Welcome to a brand new episode of In the Envelope, the Actors Podcast. I am your host, Backstage Senior Editor, Vinnie Mancuso. And joining us today is someone you've probably already heard of and will probably hear a lot more about going forward, the great Geraldine Biswanathan. Now, Geraldine first had her breakout year in 2018 with a starring role in Blockers, one of the best studio comedies of the last, I don't know, 20 years. If you've not seen Blockers, get on that immediately. Uh, and that led to four seasons of the anthology comedy series Miracle Workers alongside Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi. Uh, but this year, 2024, for anyone listening in the future, sees Geraldine leveling up in a massive way. First, with Drive Away Dolls, uh, the very first film directed solo by Ethan Cohen of Cohen Brothers fame from a script he wrote with his wife, uh, a legend in her own right, Trisha Cook. Geraldine stars with Margaret Qualley as two queer friends who, in pretty classic Cohen fashion, find themselves unwittingly in the sights of a criminal crew during a road trip from Philadelphia to Tallahassee, Florida. And Geraldine is jumping right from the release of Drive Away Dolls right into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As you might have heard, uh, Geraldine is replacing star of The Bear 
and former In the Envelope guest Ayo Adebari in Thunderbolts, which is filming this year. It was so great to catch up with Geraldine at this incredible moment in her career. Uh, we looked back at the long road to get here and also dove into what this current whirlwind has been like from working with Margaret Qualley and Ethan Cohen and Matt Damon on Drive-Away Dolls to everything she could say about getting ready for Thunderbolts, which includes by far the best perk of signing up for a Marvel gig. It's a really, really great chat with a really, really great actor. Let's get right into it. Here is Geraldine Biswanath. Geraldine, how are you doing? Uh, thank you so much for being here during what I can imagine is a uh, very busy time for you. Oh my gosh, of course. Yeah, I feel like it's been a bit of a whirlwind and now I'm kind of like coming back up for air and going, wait, what is my life before this? But it's good. It's an exciting time. Are you a reflective person? Are you somebody who likes, who likes to take that stock or like look back on how you got here? Or is, is it kind of let's live in the whirlwind a little bit? Absolutely. No, I need process time. I need like some introspection, journaling, looking through my camera roll, going what just happened? Because I feel like when you're in the whirlwind, it can feel a bit like blackout vibes. Um, I think it's hard to be fully present when you're like, there's so many tabs open in your brain. Of, of, yes, or your computer or <laughs> or literally. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So um, I've been really relishing th these quiet moments. I do love a, a, a camera roll scroll after time oh, of this. Yeah. And you're like, what? Who? <laughs> like, when? Exactly. I'm like, just kind of watching my own life <laughs> happen, scrolling it like it's Instagram, being like, whoa, that was awesome. Is there any, again, I'm not going to, you know, ask you to delve too deep into your own camera roll. That is your camera roll. But is there any mm -hmm. particular, like, moment or, or you know, memory where it, it was, like, really, like, where was I during that? You know, what what, what was that for me? Yeah, I took a <laughs> I took a screenshot of me on the Kelly Clarkson show next to Jenny Slate because um, I'm a huge Jenny Slate fan and I have been for so long and it's just so surreal. And it was one of those things where like, you know, I was doing the Kelly Clarkson show and then I had 10 minutes to change over my outfit and my look to go on the Seth Meyers show. And I was just so <laughs> once again, kind of blacked out that I kind of didn't even get to take in the fact that I was like hanging out with Jenny Slate, who's such an idol of mine. Absolutely. We had her on the show when she was doing uh, Marcel the show. And she's just, uh -huh. she's, she's everything you want her to be in conversation and more. She's dream girl. Absolutely. So I hope that we can, you know, be a moment of reflection for you because, you know, at Backstage, we love to see the journey. You know, I can't wait to talk about Drive Away Dolls and everything else for you sure. have in your plate, but we do want to go back to see how you got to this very exciting state. I do want to ask about something, and this is something I, I've always enjoyed doing because I couldn't really verify whether or not it was true. So I will just ask you, is it true that you did a Kodak commercial when you were four, <laughs> year, four years old? It's true. Okay, My cool. mom just sent me a photo of me on set being like, this was your first job. Yeah, my my. I feel like, not to brag, but I was a pretty cute <laughs> no, kid. please, please. <laughs> Yeah, bit of a, I'm going to flex on you real quick, but um, <laughs> I was in this agency called Q Kids 
as a child. I mean, it's right in the name. Like, you're like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, you know, my parents put me to work and I, but that that's all I did. I think, yeah, just that, that Kodak commercial, but it was really cool. It was at Fox Studios in Sydney and um, I remember feeling pretty awesome and wearing like a cool outfit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like, I... I don't have a ton of memories from before, so like I don't know what you remember yeah. from. There was like, that was your very first on-set experience. I have to imagine this was your first time yes. seeing what a set was like. Mm -hmm. um, is there any image memory that sticks out to you that that is that is burned in there? It, it's really it's nothing, absolutely nothing work-related or helpful. <laughs> the the only like thing I remember from that was as a little treat for doing a good job on set. I got. Um, do you remember in the 90s, those like beads that you would put in your door frame? Yes, very much so. They sold them at Spencer's and yes. Yes, I got that <laughs> as <laughs> as like a wrap gift. Um, and that was, you know, that made it extra special. I love that. I could see how that could, you know, drive a whole career. <laughs> just chasing exactly. the Exactly. I'm just trying to get my little treat at the end. <laughs> So was that, you know, that was when you were four. Was that pre or post you sort of getting the buck to, to, to be in front of the camera? Was that an experience that was kind of divorced from wanting to be an actor or did that kick it off or is that it, it, it related in any way? I think it was, I think it was pretty pre. I think I was a really chatty kid. I loved, like all my baby videos, I'm just, I just don't shut up. Like I just am <laughs> telling stories so passionately and like my brain is going so much faster than my <laughs> mouth like my knowledge of words so I'm really struggling to like I'm just not making any sense but I'm just telling stories with such passion and conviction and I think that's what led me to getting into the performing arts school in my hometown there was like you know, those like the public schools and the private schools and then two selective schools. There was like a smart school and a performing school. And they just kind of, I was six and they just put me in front of them and I was just like, blah, 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 blah. And they were like, <laughs> you're, you're you're welcome in. here. <laughs> That's performing, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it really just, I mean, how cliche to be like telling stories. But I think I just had that sort of um, disposition pretty pretty early on and then got the bug a bit later, I think. And I, I kind of remember when I got the bug. When, when was it? <laughs> <laughs> not, um, not to jump ahead in my questions, but you know, buddy, when was this bug? Imagine I don't tell you. Um, <laughs> like that is none I'm of your business. Like, yeah, and you'll have to wait. Um I was in fifth grade and I would always audition for the school plays. Never got them. Don't know what that's about, but, you know, just was like always just kind of on the outside. And then eventually they let me do like one. They gave me one line in one of the plays and it was a joke and about watching TV. Like, and the joke was kind of like, kids watch a lot of TV, right? <laughs> Classic, And yes. <laughs> the parents loved it. And it kind of just, it went off. Um, <laughs> I just remember getting a laugh and just being like, wow, this feels awesome. Like, I, I remember that feeling so distinctly and like, remember where I was standing on stage. And that's, I think, when I was like, okay, I'm a bit, 
a bit addicted to to this and then I just became like a certified drama clowning freak throughout the rest of school. At, at that age, are you employing any technique? You know, are you are you, are you like breaking it down in any way or or is that at that stage are you kind of just purely following instincts? I think following instincts, I think I watched a lot of TV, um, a lot of sitcoms, like a lot. And I feel like I got a lot of my training or or just sort of like understanding of comedic timing or like joke structure through Mm -hmm. that. I think um, I watched like Friends, obviously, Third Rock from the Sun, Arrested Development. I think just these binge absolute junkie for it and um i think that just sort of has influenced my instincts no i didn't i didn't really have a process back then i'm 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 always curious how actors sort of realize when they do have a process so like at that age you're following instincts you're kind of just you're you're doing a form of you know not mimicry but you're just sort of like immersing Mm -hmm. yourself in it and doing what they do um, but you did go through a lot of formal training and you, like you said, you went to a school for performing arts and you did a few more classes even after that. I'm yeah. curious what from your, you know, your formal training did you most add to the toolbox? You know, what, what, what is something that you still sort of go back to that is from training? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I feel like drama in school was very much training for like stage and mm-hmm. you know, how to like own a space and status on stage and, um, kind of these these things that I don't really use a lot now. And, and then a lot of training I did when I was sort of, you know, aspiring to be an actor was like a lot of auditioning training, like yeah. self-tapes. And um, I think I did do one class that really changed the game for me on, on self-taping. And that was really the, the crux of it. There was a lot of technical things like I line this way, not this way, and you know, be be still. Have have like do something with your hands in the beginning, so that when the casting director sees the thumbnail, that yours will stick out <laughs> because your hands are up. Like just really so technical tips and tricks and stuff tips like and that. tricks, yeah. tips and tricks. And then, in terms of like. Yeah, now, <laughs> now I'm kind of just <laughs> flailing about. Um, I don't know. I think I'm still, I, I mean, I, I'm definitely honing in on what my process is, but um, it's a lot of, I don't know. I think I listen to, to actors talking about it and um, talk to myself and go crazy. I, I, I'm still nailing that down for sure i, I was gonna ask you do you still sort of feel like you you're figuring that out the, the, the idea of having a process would you say that you don't have set in stone here are my steps or are there things that you sort of it doesn't have to be like you know you do the meisner or whatever. it doesn't have to be yeah. like here's what i do it's like but is there are there things that have helped you in because you've done a wide variety of genres and roles and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Is there something that has helped for each one or does it kind of depend yeah i mean it depends. There are a couple of things that I do pretty much every time, um, which is like write down a list of characteristics about the the character that's in the script. I saw Jessica Chastain talking about like doing one row. That's um, what you say about yourself and one what other characters say about you. I thought that was really cool. 
but I've kind of just done, I, I remember doing, I, I did do one class in like a woman's garage when I was like 18 and in LA. Um, Sounds where, like most, most classes in, <laughs> in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was interesting. But um, <laughs> one thing that she did, yeah, we would like write down a list of characteristics and then sort of like meditate on that and try and, and go down each word and see how you identify as those things, which I think is a good way of kind of, yeah, locating how you feel similar to someone or, or how you feel really dissimilar to someone and then like understanding that gap. But that, that's one, I think like journaling, journaling is something that I do in my life every single day. <laughs> um, I feel crazy without it. So it's a very natural extension of my a process um where i yeah like to journal as the, the character sometimes i know some people write like books and i'm just like I, I don't know about that but some core some core memories some core relationships just little little things to help you get in get in that mindset but so much of it is just instinctual really hoping for you know hoping it comes back every time I, I, that always feels so um I guess it it sounds stressful. <laughs> it, it sounds like a stressful. Oh my thing. god, it's it's awful. And I think, um, especially doing driveaway dolls was the most I've been like, like what? I don't know what I'm doing. Like it, it's just that one was um, definitely the most panic and desperation I've ever felt. Is it also like it's a lot of? It's it's not like as someone who who you know to me that sounds like it would be a big panic, but it's also a lot of trust in yourself that. You know, you take this job and at the, when the moment you say yes, you have no idea how you're going to do it. But you're like, I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I've done it yeah. before. I've done it again. Is mm -hmm. that sort of part of, you know, how stuff like journaling helps? It's it's also like a reminder <laughs> that you've done it before. Absolutely. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think especially with driveway dolls, like I really when the audition came through, I had a I had an instinct. I had like a first impression of this character and how, wh what my instincts are leading me to do and what like choices to make and, and the rhythm of it. I think so much of it is in the writing and mm -hmm. that is the gift of doing Cohen work. Um, it's just, th they're unbelievable writers. But I think, yeah, I had a pretty strong feeling about how I wanted to do it. And then I think just as I was doing it, <laughs> I guess Ethan is so amazing and he just really trusts everyone to do what they do best. Like he really just, and he, he did say that at the beginning, he was like, I remember in rehearsals, he was like, well, the artists won't be the issue here. Like, you know, he, he was always like, you know what you're doing. You'll, you'll be fine. But sort of as, as I went and was doing what I thought was right and, and not getting much feedback, I started to kind of spiral and be like, but is it right? I don't know. Like, what do you think? And yeah, but I think I also try and just sometimes that experience lends itself to the part as well. I, I try and embrace That's whatever I'm feeling because I think I imagine like if I had played Jamie in that movie, I think I would have had a really different experience. I think um, you absorb the character's energy just kind of cosmically. I don't know. It's it's interesting that, you know, you, you say that you, you sort of use the what's happening around you 
for the part. I think people on this podcast have said that before. I think it was like one of our very first episodes with like Sebastian Stan, who was like, his, his only advice is like, bring the day with you, you know, whatever is mm. happening around you. So I, I'm curious, you know, when you're working with somebody like Ethan Cohen, who has been <laughs> doing this for a very long time, how does that sort of just his his wealth of experience like manifest for you? Like, it, how, how, it was it like a a trust, a confidence that like he's done this before. How do, how does his how does working with someone who's been doing this for so long manifest for you as an actor working for that person? Oh yeah, I mean, I think you know beyond sort of like the intimidation, <laughs> kind of <laughs> like um, you know reverence that I had. I think he just was. Um, it, it all just felt very seamless and very like fun and easy, um, and really it it made it it was amazing. Like our jobs on set were really just to like show up and do what we do. There was, you know, sometimes when you get on set, there's like, you're punching up lines as you go and you're workshopping scenes or, you know, you're figuring out blocking or you're, it, it, it just can feel chaotic and stressful or people don't know what they're doing. But this was like, just, <laughs> it's all, it's all in the script. You show up, it's all done for you it, it's very like the blocking's done the setups are done there's limited takes there's limited setups there's limited coverage it's so he just knows exactly what he needs for the edit I mean him and Trish you know uh well Trish especially is an editor and I think mm -hmm. that all the best filmmakers are editing the movie as they go so it really was um just so so easy and um that's, I think, yeah, where I really was like, oh, this is my first time making a movie with someone who's made a million movies. Yeah. Um, and it just was uh, seamless. Are you a, like a hash it out with the director kind of person where it's not such, you know, here's the blocking, here's the here's the coverage. It's it's you get to and you're like, what can we do here? What can we what, what's the opportunity to use here? Mm, yeah, I think I'm used to working more in that way, especially with comedy. It's really like you're always trying to find more jokes and, and trying to milk it as much as you can. Um, so this was a completely different way of working for me, um, which was really interesting. And But it, it kind of made me wish I was more of a <laughs> theater-trained actor or something. I, it re I really want to like do a play now because um, I would love to have more of it. Because I, I am my, you know, I'm pretty kind of instinctual and I, and I like to be loose and, and see what happens. And I think that's just, um, more what I'm familiar with. So I've, I've tried it both ways now and, and I, I want to be better at, um, kind of like performing the piece, um, <laughs> <laughs> rather than like seeing what you can find. But I think naturally for me, it, it feels, I feel like I'm probably more of a seeing what you can find kind of person. Oh, um, as I sort of like go down the the list of of interesting things <laughs> about the, your journey here, I I think I read that you were a, at one point a reader in casting rooms. Mm -hmm. Um, what I guess the larger question is, what was that experience like? Because casting rooms are an ecosystem altogether. It is a a, a wild thing to experience. Uh, I'm curious also what that added to your mindset as an actor you know what did that experience mm. being on that in that environment in that role as a as a person doing the reading for the casting how did that affect you as an actor in your own work yeah I think honestly that was one of the best things that 
Like I, I highly recommend any aspiring actors to do that because it really did change the game for me. I did all the reading for the um, Crazy Rich Asians <laughs> castings and it was just so interesting seeing what energy people came into the room with. I think so much of this is about energy and um, you seeing it from that other side, yeah, the casting directors only get, you know, a couple of minutes of interaction with you and it's very potent. So you kind of want to yeah, bring bring kind of an openness and a sense of humor too, like just sort of um, a, a willingness and an ease. And um, like I remember who came in, I think it was Ronnie, Ronnie Chang came in and was just so charismatic and um, oh, like just funny. And, and, and it was very, very much just, there was just no desperation and just kind of um, this sense of like, well, thanks for seeing me, see you again. Like, if it's not this, it'll be something else. Like this kind of quiet confidence of like, yeah, this is just what we do, right? Um, and I think people who, you know, people who are more nervous, it's harder because you're like, oh no, don't be nervous. <laughs> like, just just enjoy it. So it was, it was really helpful and I think that coupled with like doing stand-up comedy mm -hmm. I think these were things that really helped me just take auditioning off the pedestal and make it less significant and just um enjoy the the process more and and it's just it's doesn't have to be scary it's great to hear that because you know I hear a lot from people you know who talk about auditions and they they they, they always say that the, a big turning point for them was understanding the a million intangibles that go into why you might get the role and it is made sometimes mm. it's like you walk in you're like that person just really confident you know they didn't even before they read their lines they're like they're cast or the confidence is not right for the role and it's not going to work it's it's these million different things beyond just learning the sides that go into why oh yeah somebody is cast so it's, it's great to hear yeah i feel like that's why i really never took took it personally i feel like a lot of i hear a lot about actors talking about rejection and it's something that i'm like yeah, technically we're being rejected, but I, I never processed it in that way. I was mm -hmm. always just like, it's so nebulous and impossible what makes someone right for something. And it's so not personal and has kind of like nothing to do with your abilities. It's just what they need to service this small part in this bigger picture. And um, it's just keeping it as as impersonal as, as possible. Absolutely. You mentioned, you know, that mixed with comedy really helped. I do want to ask you about, you know, you had lots of experience in, you know, stand up sketch. Uh, you think you, you were in a group Freudian Nip in mm -hmm. uh, Sydney. Uh, you, you know, your first film role was in Blockers, incredible comedy. You, I think part of your persona has always been the comedy and the comedic timing. I am always interested to ask comedic actors, people who are funny, whether <laughs> or not whether they think it is a possible learned skill. Um, is that something that you can get good at if you're not? Is comedic timing something you can practice? Or is or is comedy especially something, especially timing, something that you kind of have to have an innate ability for? And I've gotten every <laughs> the entire spectrum of answers to that question. Ooh, I'd love to know what what you think about this. I will tell you <laughs> after tell I get me. your opinion. Uh, no, okay. I, I actually yes, you go first because uh, I am. Yeah. This is not 
people did not tune in to hear my answer to the question. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, I, hmm, it's tricky. I kind of think, either gut or I, I kind of think it's really hard to learn how to be funny. I think that there are ways that you can harness your natural kind of impulses to be funny, but it, it's it's hard to. I find there's a lot of people that are funny, but they don't understand how and why they're funny. And I'm just kind of like, I wish I could show you. I wish I could just make you (laughs) see that this is that you're funny because you're really serious or like you're funny because you're really strange and silly, but you want to be taken seriously. Like, I think that there's, um, yeah, it's hard for people to see themselves truly. Uh Um, without their own kind of projections of what they want to be seen as. But I think it's pretty, in in terms of timing and stuff, I think that that's a natural thing. And I think for me, if ever I'm thinking about the timing of something, it's bad. It's not right. You want to be not thinking about it at all. I think so much of comedy is like, transcending and I think that's a big thing of what I love about it you kind of you're kind of just like you get in the the flow you know and get out of your way and just open open it up for something to to happen or to come to you and I think that you can't force you can't force it yes it's my experience I I do think that some actors exist that are so good at the 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 homework and the techniques that they can play a funny person you know mm-hmm. if the character is funny they can be funny as that person but the, i think when it comes like you said specifically to like timing it is like an inner ear thing where you mm-hmm. can tell if somebody is doing it or if they're thinking of the exact beat that will make it funny timing um mm. it's just one of those things that i like asking people about because i it, it, it there's no answer <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, right. I'm sure i'm sure somebody has learned to be funnier you know they teach yeah many, many garages in la where people are learning comedy and stuff like that it's just that's true this is why we do this podcast is to get the opinion there are no answers <laughs> unfortunately there are no answers. absolutely mm-hmm. another thing i wanted to ask you about before we dive you know into your most re- recent project is something else that you're very good at and that is um an american accent hey. as something as i was gonna say as but it's just me saying as an American, as, as an American, I find it very interesting when somebody's good at it because I can't, you know, I don't know what that means. So in your accent work, what is your process there? I know that we've sort of already established that this, it, it, it depends, but specifically when it comes to doing an accent, um, how have you found to be most helpful in, in making that work? American accent. Hmm. I've been, <laughs> uh, when I did, when I got blockers, on the first day, you know, I had just been doing my sort of best American impression and Kay Cannon was like, oh, we're going to need a coach. And I, so I had, I did have one session with a dialect coach and that kind of changed everything for me. And the biggest takeaway was he said that Americans say no, like they're saying no to a dog. They say (laughs) no. Whereas Australians, they sing a song. It's like, no. (laughs) But I think just that energy of no, no, um, <laughs> it formed, it formed a lot. And, um, ever since then I've just, and I honestly just living in America, I think it's similar to like 
to you know the comedic timing thing or the whole thing is just it it does feel quite instinctual like I don't I don't feel like I have a huge technique other than I guess I've practiced for so long now uh I spend so much of my time doing an American accent (laughs) and in terms of process I just have one phrase that I use that really helps me when I just need to like reset because it's just um a different placement like Australian is so like in the back and sort of lazy but then American is like so in the front and the phrase that helps me like get my mouth around it is all Sheila talks about are all the water sports she takes part in (laughs) (laughs) and for some reason it hits like all of the points and it just it just gets me there and suddenly it's like muscle memory suddenly I'm back in my American what is the (laughs) what is the origin of that specifically is I think I was doing a self tape with someone in Sydney, and they told me to, they told me about that. That's and so I just interesting. Took it with me forever because it's it's great. It's really <laughs> it's really helpful. Because uh, so like at the beginning, you know, I would try and stay in the American accent the whole shoot, so that I'm not switching back and forth. But now I'm able to switch back and forth, and that's one of the ways that sometimes I can like whip myself back into shape. Yeah, acting is wild. I, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> I, I, they hear about the little tips and tricks like that. Like you said, the tips and tricks. Uh-huh. It's, 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 it, it is apps. I get, I get the widest range of answers to, to things. And it's, I think it, it really does come down to that whatever the process is, it will absolutely be very specific to that person. There is no one size fit all for anything. Yeah, exactly. So I am curious, you know, about drive away dolls. I think I, I think I read somewhere that, that when you got the call, that you got this part in the, in the Cohen brother singular movie with sure. Trish Cook, who is another legend, that you were on set of Miracle Workers. Um, uh-huh. I'm always curious to hear about those kind of calls, you know, the, the the ones that sort of, it's not like you're, there's no such thing as an overnight success, but this is obviously a very big project. So I'm curious about that call and and what it's like and what the immediate reaction is and then how you snap, especially when you're on set of Miracle Workers, how you snap back to, you know, reality at work. <laughs> I I remember it so clearly, like it was so insane. I mean, I I guess I not many people have seen mir- this season of Miracle Workers, so I have to really paint the the scene here. But yes, please. I'm in like I uh, we were shooting in the desert in a heat wave, and I'm wearing <laughs> this like leather get up, like layers of leather, because I'm this like warlord, and I've got covered in spikes, and my hair is teased up, and I'm wearing like black crazy makeup and um i the scene was me like jumping on this car and screaming at this man and trying to make myself throw up onto the car like i I, it's literally (laughs) like me being as insane as i think i've ever been like just completely insane and (laughs) so i'm like sweating i like feel sick i'm so tired my voice is like blown out and then i get the call from my team and they're like you got the part. And <laughs> I was just like, oh my God. Um, it was just so, I mean, yeah, completely, completely insane and, and surreal. And um, then, you know, you just have to kind of like get back up and do another take of the insanity scene. So it was, it was weird, man. But <laughs> I think <laughs> the whole pro, I was working on Miracle Workers that for the whole like audition 
process. And I think it actually really helped me because I was working and I had family in town visiting me and I was really busy. So it really took all the pressure off that process. It it really was just like, oh, well, you like, (laughs) you have to do this, obviously. So like make it work. But I wasn't, you know, I couldn't think about it too much because there was just so much going on. And I think that that was really, that helped me. I read that you and you and Mark Equali, your your co-star in this film, mm-hmm. didn't meet in person until after, you know, chemistry reads and stuff like that until after auditions. It's another topic that comes up a lot on this podcast is chemistry. Um, what it means. Is it real? <laughs> Can you build it? Can you learn it? Mm. Um, so in this specific, you know, using this as a specific example, being, you know, playing friends is a very specific kind of chemistry, especially in this film. How did you go about building it and what is the difference between you know sort of building the real life chemistry and then making sure it also works for your characters the characters you're playing Mm. i mean i feel like i don't know i feel like it's pretty hard not to have chemistry with margaret she's so (laughs) like beautiful and charming and i just really um we just really instantly took to each other and i think in the same way that our characters in the movie are sort of like really different but are side by side on this project. I think that that's like the best way to get to know people kind of accidentally. It's my favorite way to date. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just the best way to get intimate with someone. And and I think we, our like relationship in the movie sort of mirrored our real life relationship in that we were just both like, isn't this crazy? Like, oh my God. Like, I just remember getting a DM, a DM from her that just said, is this real life? And that's when I knew that she was cast. And yeah, I think after we met at rehearsals and afterwards, I think we both came in with like, what is this process going to be? You know, like totally open and and ready for like (laughs) whatever the, the gods demand. And Ethan was so chill and easy and was like, okay, that was great. Like we finished early. We did way less rehearsals than we intended to. And so Margaret and I took a really long walk through the city from like uptown to downtown and had lunch and and just um, really became friends. Um, I think we just were in it and I think we had very, um, <laughs> we had very similar approaches. Neither of us are very precious or serious about the process. To the point where, like, <laughs> I remember Margaret would, like, <laughs> before a take, she'd be like, well, uh, you know, because I, I can't I can't do my character if I'm not wearing the right shoes. Like, <laughs> just, like, making fun of actors and acting. And I think that that's, we were really kind of, you know, in step in that way. And I just love her. I think, um, yeah, I guess we got lucky because you're right. It's not chemistry isn't always guaranteed occasionally it's you know part of the process is figuring out how to make that part of the acting you know making it part of like how would my character feel about this person you know my character likes this person i guess i I guess i I do too yes yep well i guess that's i guess it comes down to casting chemistry stuff like that but you did chemistry reads over zoom i did i did chemistry reads with a bunch of other actresses for jamie interesting so, yeah, which was also really cool to see. Once again, everyone was great. It was just uh-huh. like a specific energy. And there was like a million different ways of doing that character, you know? So that was also educational. 
this movie also has, you know, a pretty classic Cohen, you know, like ensemble of people who I, I have to assume a lot of these people that came in, people like, you know, Matt Damon and stuff like that, it, you didn't work. It, it wasn't like you and Margaret where you're there for the whole process. It's, you know, they come sure. in, they have a few hours, days, whatever. So I'm curious what, what, what that experience is like, you know, working with people where you don't get a lot of time. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get a lot of like pre preparation or anything like that, but you still have to make your, your different, the ways you work work together what, what is that like when you have when you're working a movie like this and you have a scene with someone and you have to it's important and you want to get the right takes but you don't have a lot of time with this person what is that experience uh, like? well with matt damon it was <laughs> oh boy what a treat i mean <laughs> just to watch him watch him figure out that scene that that you know speech where he you watch watch him be like okay i'm gonna take my hat off to I don't know if maybe the listeners haven't seen the movie yet, but he delivers a very kind of earnest plea speech to a, a case of dildos. <laughs> and um <laughs> spoilers, I guess. <laughs> spoilers, I guess, but also it's in the trailer, whatever. But um he was so committed and so serious and in the work, but in between takes was so like silly and I think he was someone that was so lovely and and down to earth and really disarming that when I have time with someone like that, I, I usually just kind of want to know about like their life and how mm -hmm. they manage how they manage their life and because it's it's a weird job and it's um how do you have like I, I asked him like how he met his wife and and you know uh, what his kids are into and where does he live and and just these holistic things but he was just easy and it was just fun to fun to watch and Coleman too Coleman was someone it's because we don't really have that much my my scenes with them were pretty it's not like you know there's a lot of relationship or not that much mm -hmm. interaction where I'm kind of watching them in a way so that's the best because you're just watching greats do what they do and yeah watching Coleman deliver his speech and and also yeah his his process of really like, you have to kind of like take up the space that you need and ask for the things you need and and watching him do that was really really inspiring. Yeah, I can imagine it's a lot like like you said being young and watching those sitcoms, just sort of watching and absorbing and being like, there's no A plus B here, but um, you're getting something from just watching these people do what they do. Absolutely, yeah, I think. I'm trying to figure out the science, but I don't know if there there is any. <laughs> if you do, let us know because it would yes, make this job I a lot will. Easier. I will. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I am curious. You know, we, we you touched on a little bit about you know just sort of the the experience of Ethan and, and Trish, and you know what that brings to a set. I, I'm curious if there's any note you got from either that 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 sticks out. You know, something like actable and actionable and stuff like that. I mean, that that really sure. sort of speaks to what the direction was like and speaks to like what kind of director you are and what kind of, you know, what kind of notes you in particular respond to. Yeah. So cool. Like even their notes were artistic, you know, it, it yeah. really like, I remember Ethan in the line, I have a one word line where I say to, to Matt Damon, I say Democrats. And I think he said, he said rising instead of falling. I was like, Whoa, cool. So that <laughs> that's, you know, a beautiful way of giving a very like technical note. And I remember he also said in one scene afterwards, he said, okay, like that's that's how a modern 
woman would react to that situation. Like, how about a woman steeped in Henry James? And that's when I think the whole character really clicked for me, where I was like, oh, totally. That's, that is the energy here. And um, that, and coupled with, I think Trish said she zipped up. So that would, that helped with the physicality of her. And they really, it's, it's very minimal, but it's really precise and technical and great. There's not, there's not all this like shit that you have to sift through to understand what they're trying to ask of you. It's really direct and um, an art form in itself. So cool. So cool. Love that. So as we sort of come to the end of our time here, I do want to ask you about something that I'm sure you cannot say very much about, but it is Thunderbolts. I did want to ask you about it because we had IO on this show. Um, oh. Not that long ago. It was... It was you know, a couple months ago. I'm going to listen. And she, again, she could not speak about it very much, but we did talk a little bit about what she wanted to get from that type of experience. So I I, want to ask you the same question. You know, what, what, no matter what, what the details end up being, what are you hoping to take away from, you know, that, that world, (laughs) that size of project? What are you hoping that it adds to your toolbox or just, you know, life experience? What are you hoping to take away from, from that? Oh my god! I wish I knew what Io said. <laughs> Copy and paste what Io said. I could, I could pull up the episode. I think it was back in June or whatever. Oh, fun! Oh my god! Yeah, wow! It's been in the works for so long. I, well, I'm getting getting training. I had my personal training. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> Which is like, let's be real. That's huge. It's that's a, it's a perk. And it's a perk. It's of the a job. perk. And just to kind of give yourself permission to like focus on that, I think is sick um so getting ripped um even though i don't even (laughs) don't even really have to but um i feel like i'm always not sure what i can say and can't say but i think i'm excited to work with those people i'm kind of treating it like any other movie i think i'm excited to work with jake i'm excited jake schreier i'm excited to work with i think it's been announced right yeah julia louis drive for this and yeah, I'm excited to work with those people and just learn from the greats once again. And I think it, just getting a little peek behind, I mean, it's it's a whole machine and I'm really just curious about it and um, I want to understand it and it's something, it's something different. So excited for that experience and excited to hear what Io had to say. <laughs> I love that. It, it, it kind of matched up a little bit. It was pretty similar. Okay, okay. You, you said kind of the same thing. She did not mention the trainer, but uh, it was a little early in the process. Um, so to sort of wrap <laughs> up here, I, I did I did see you say somewhere that you're you are someone who wants to make make your own stuff one day. That is it. That is a goal mm-hmm. for you. And I think the way you put it is, you know, you you'd like to be synonymous with a taste or a sensibility. You know, the stuff you make. So I'm curious, you know, putting out into the world, what what would that taste or sensibility ideally be? You know, if you were to make your own stuff. What would you like the 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 aesthetic to be synonymous with your name? I think it's just an extension of my my own taste and sensibility. I think just um, I find it hard to imagine me making like a straight drama. Who knows? Maybe I will. But I really enjoy putting out lightness and joy into the world, and I imagine that that's that'll continue to drive me in, in things that I want to make myself. And so it's hard to say, cause it's like 
audiences will be like, oh, we'll, we'll be the judge of that, bitch. Like, <laughs> let's see if you're, if what you do is funny. But um, I think just sort of a kind of awareness, a kind of wit, if you will. And I immediately hated that. Um, <laughs> and like, a, I don't know, a bit off, <laughs> a bit strange, a bit uh, existential, a bit uh, surreal and maybe a bit hefty at the core, but silly on the outside. Maybe I'm trying to like kind of the things that I have cooking. I'm trying to think about words I would use to describe them. Yeah. I think just in the same way that I, there are these people that you sign up for anything that they do because you are on the same wavelength. You're picking up what they're putting down. That's kind of what I hope for. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. Um, Geraldine, thank you so much again for being here. Uh, this was a pleasure. It's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to talk to you. And we will absolutely be, uh, can't wait to see what you do next and going forward. Thank you. Thanks so much. This was really nice. I love yeah, talking we, about we this try stuff. And, we try and make it as nice as possible. <laughs> and yeah, we'll, we'd love to have you back anytime. Thank you so much for being here. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks, as always, to our brilliant producer, Jamie Muffet, and to the whole team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com, and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage with code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. 100% free, you simply cannot beat that. For more exclusive content, find us on Facebook and Twitter, at In The Envelope, and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Who should we interview next to let us know? Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another peek in the envelope.